Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney. Vivian is here to talk to you, to encourage you, and to show you how she had a successful homeschooling experience with her Wildflower Academy, and that her kids turned out great, and that with God's help, you can create the same experience she did. From her beginnings in Hostert, West Germany, to Dallas, it's been quite a journey, and her abilities to adapt, survive, and thrive are what make her unique in homeschooling. So have your pen and paper ready. It's The Sociable Homeschooler. And now, here's your host, Vivian McNinney. No one has ever seen this and no one has ever heard about it. No one has ever imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Isaiah 64.4, as quoted in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. I know there's a song in there somewhere. Aren't those words familiar? I'd say to the children, it's not so much what God has prepared. It's what he can do in our lives that's so amazing. I spend my life pointing my children to Christ, that adage, walk the talk, but I don't want to come across as a Bible bashing mum because sometimes that's not what they need. They want a child loving mum who can relate to them. And much as we may not like to admit it, bringing God into every sentence doesn't cut it when a relationship has gone sour or the bills are due with no money in the bank. For myself, I continue to astound me in how I persist in bringing God down to my level in an attempt to understand him. Do you do that? Do we really know the power of God? And if we do, why don't I trust him with my treasures, my griefs, my troubles? I'd ask my children, if you gave me something of yours to look after, your watch, for example, While you're taking a gymnastics class, would you worry through the hour that something was going to happen to it? Or would you forget about it and enjoy your class knowing I'd not lose or break it? Well, of course, we trust you. You're our mum, they say. Okay, then. Well, what about a worry or a trouble? What about something you have no control over? Anxiety, an event, the weather. Would you trust God to take care of that? Yes, but then what do I do? I take it back to go about my life, saying to God, thanks, but perhaps I can manage on my own. Maybe this is too much for you. And anyway, you might not have the time. God is more powerful than you can imagine, than you have heard about, than you have ever seen. And yet I tend to be able to more easily trust an earthly being rather than the almighty creator puts a slightly different slant on things, doesn't it? Take this verse to heart and remember, not in your wildest dreams have you an inkling of what God has prepared for you. Hello, welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler. My name is Vivian McNenny, and I'm here to dispel the preconceived ideas you may have about what educating our children at home looks like. For many, it's school. For me, it's my fulfillment as a wife and mother. I crafted a lifestyle that will leave me knowing without a doubt that I gave my all. Over the years, I've spoken to a wide range of mothers and fathers who not only place the responsibility of child rearing above their highest joy, but have also found they don't have to venture far from the kitchen table in order to find wholeness within themselves. Although I have to admit, I have found some who do venture a long way away from the kitchen table. 
Going against what everyone expects us to do in order to unleash the fan of happiness takes courage. You have to work at your own heart issues and find out how you can pursue your passions and live your dreams. God's equipped you with everything you need in order to live your life fully. It's all inside. So listen up while I spout about how I've jumped in and out of my box, gaining insights and delights along the way that I'm happy to share with you. This culture we call homeschooling is diverse. It embraces the learning that takes place outside the traditional education arena and inside all of us. With or without my children underfoot, my life is often ordinary, always busy and sometimes frustrating. But for me, it starts and ends with God, the beauty of his creation, a smiling face, the rising moon, a rousing piece of music or a simple hug. If you pop by or offer you a cup of Earl tea to fortify this time together and a slice of delicious Bakewell tart to tickle your test buds, and thank you for staying. But I understand you're on that side, and I'm over here broadcasting from Hideaway this week. Not my Hideaway, but the little town of Hideaway, which is a golf course, a lake, some houses, and a gas station. After the first break, I'll be talking to Katie Sullivan, a homeschooling mother of five and a speech and language pathologist who believes the best is yet to come. She'll encourage you to live your life positively, so stay with me. I'm Grab whatever it is you're drinking and let me engage you with the latest and greatest from the household of the McNennies where traffic violations aren't just for the children. Writing is my sweet spot. A lovely supper was had and we nurtured our family to become creative, responsible and upstanding citizens who understand the value of money. Are you ready? I cleaned the house today before the show. I used to do that in England and I used to do that in my house before we sold it. But I've not been doing it since I've been down here. My duster swinging cowboy did the main part of it. He just loves doing that and he was vacuuming away. I'm not going to say how long it's been since I did more than a quick once around here. But now everything's sparkling and ready for the weekend and probably for the next few weeks. I have nothing talk about these days. I complain about that. My blue-eyed companion would beg to differ. But honestly, I told him I had to get away for a little time in order to have something to talk about with you. Happily, we did manage to get away and it was a marvellous opportunity to gather precious moments to share. I could spend the hour yabbering on about what I'm reading. Not much these days. What I watch on television, nothing. But I do enjoy the series and detective shows from PBS every once in a while. Or what I'm writing about. But there's nothing quite like some good old-fashioned hands-on real-life events to get the old vocal cords going. We chose our time away carefully and the children were so funny. They treated it as a vacation or wouldn't disturb us. For the first time ever, I was the one initiating the texts. <laughs> we took a little trail around parts of Texas I'd never visited. It turned out my Texan hadn't either and the weather started out rainy and ended up blustering into a full-blown gale the further south we went. In my attempt to pack lightly, I berated myself for packing only Uggs for my feet. Well, I didn't pack them exactly. I was wearing them. So we stopped to buy some much-needed sperries on the way so I could walk on the beach in Port Aransas without looking like a typical Englishman wearing my socks with my sandals. Bad analogy, I know, but my fellow countrymen do wear strange attire on the beach. I have photos of my father with a shirt and jacket in a deck chair beside my grandmother wearing a pretty summer dress with her hair blowing softly around her face. Obviously, the sun's out. They're both squinting 
squinting into it. He had his shoes and socks off and his trousers rolled up to his ankles, but that was as casual as he got. I needn't have bothered with the sperries, that is. The weather deteriorated. Tell me something worse than a beach in the cold. We were committed. So watching the snow and ice precipitate in Dallas, we praised the Lord. We were in the relatively temperate climes of Galveston on the Gulf Coast and made the most of our excursion on the quest for news. No, not news. Something else to talk about rather than pine trees and pelicans. I did a lot of the driving. There was no traffic. There were no cities. It was safe. Texas is huge. As an illustration for those of you who may live in states like Rhode Island, my son was driving home from California, and after what seemed like an age, he texted me that he was finally in Texas. I'll be home in 10 hours. You'd be hard pushed to stay behind a wheel that long in the small places I've lived during my not-too-distant past. Ten hours, that's a whole day of living. Well, back to my driving. My gentleman thought it would be safe to say yes to my offer to get behind the wheel. He never says yes, perhaps because I ask him when he's already ten minutes into the journey and clipping along on the highway. Timing is critical, I tell you. We were heading from Palestine to Galveston and then on our way to Port Aransas and back to College Station. And the roads running through the vast plains were not wagon trails anymore. I'm driving along commentary breakfast in my tum, the well-paved highways of Texas stretching before me, empty. The countryside is desolate. Well, it was February, after all, and most of the trees have long since shed their leaves, looking as if they'd be better suited as extras in a horror movie rather than a before picture of the firewood my son keeps on his hearth. The grass was dead. Does grass die in England, I asked myself as I ate up the miles. Yes, I think so, says my cowboy. No, I argue. Think of the commons, the parks, our lawn at the flat. They were green all winter. I'm used to verdant countryside. This is a sandy-coloured dead. Some of the fields have been burned, so they were soot black, and some of the earth had been tilled to reveal its undercoat of red or very dark brown, but none of it was green. Nothing is green in the overcast weather. Can it be called countryside at all, I thought? Hmm. I drove for hours and hours along straight roads that were well-kept and deserted the posted speed limit when not passing through the outskirts of a town or in the town itself was 75 miles an hour i looked at my speedometer several times it goes all the way to 240 dare i i thought no you daren't came my answer from the passenger seat backseat driver and all that why hadn't he nodded off yet for the next couple of days i kept up with odd traffic bursts that joined me in my lonesomeness Are you going faster than everyone else or are they just going slowly? Asked my observant co-driver beside me. This was the third day of our road trip and I was running down the large trucks that appear ahead on the horizon every now and then. Casting an eye in the direction of my rear view mirror, I noticed red and blue flashes bearing down on me. Ooh, he's going fast, I think. And I say, hmm, there's a police car behind me with the lights going. Do I pull over? My dozing cowboy, who had closed his eyes for a second, jumped. Yes, yes, pull over right here. Hurry up. You were speeding. Yes, I was. (laughs) The young officer gave me a warning. What a southern gent. And tipped his lovely hat at me. He handed me a printout. Watch your speed, ma'am. And my Texan and I were soon racing along again, trying to make up for lost time. If I got stopped later on down this road, 
Would it show up that I was pulled over and cautioned a few minutes ago, I asked. Well, probably, he said. Darn, what a waste of a long, straight, empty road. Hmm. I should have said that to my obliging officer, but he may not have appreciated my humor. You could have a blowout, my cowboy said, and he's right. I could have a blowout at just about any speed. And before any of you think that I am a total violator of speed limits, I'm not. I'm really good. But, you know, those open spaces? In Germany, they have something called the Autobahn, and you can drive at very high speeds. And I know that it's very dangerous. They have proven that, you know, going at higher speeds cause more wrecks when something like a blowout happens or somebody sort of pulls over in front of you and you can't react quickly enough. But anyway, that's all behind me now. My children had a good laugh and it's time to go on a break. So I'll be back in just a moment with my guests. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. I am not the woman I used to be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. Monday nights at 10, 9 central on Toginet. This is your chance, ladies, to hear stories of hope and healing from someone who's been there. Someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of this trauma, she has gone on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm Free is a straight-up show to enlighten you and to lighten your load. Do not let the weight of this world or the things that have happened to you control your life. For more on the show and Diane and her book, The Story of Me, email her directly from her show page here on Toginet. Then, join us for I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be, I'm Free, with Minister Diane Jones, Monday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. Welcome to Spark Your Soul Radio with Ann Phyllis. Perspectives with purpose, insights with heart. The WooHoo Radio Network show for spiritual seekers and fire starters who are ready to stop feeling lost, alone, confused, or blocked and start tuning into your soul speak so you can ignite all areas of your world. From your work to your relationships, lifestyle to legacy. Host Ann Phyllis is a spiritual analyst, fire starter, energy alchemist, and soul truth clairvoyant. Using the heart and purpose-based principles of her signature Soul Sense system, Ann offers weekly wisdom for tuning in, letting go, unlocking, and unblocking. If you've been walking through life with excess baggage, a heavy heart, a feeling of disconnection from your inner life, Consider Anne your guide to spark your soul journey and reignite your relationships, life, purpose, work, and spiritual consciousness. 
every week on Spark Your Soul Radio and takes you on a journey into the heart of your soul sense. There, she helps translate your energy, essence, and soul truth knowing into positive action and change. From this space of personal awakening and transformation, you're able to reignite your spirit, spark your soul, and live in alignment with your vision and values. Ready to spark your soul? Check out past shows by clicking on the podcast player. Got a question for Anne? Want to be a guest on her show? Visit sparkyoursoul.me and listen to Anne every Thursday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. You're listening to The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginet Radio, and I'm thrilled to welcome back Katie Lee Sullivan to my show today. Katie was here last in May of 2012, so almost two years ago, and a lot has changed in her life. She's still a speech-language pathologist with 19 years' experience teaching both typical and atypical learners, and she is a Waldorf-inspired homeschooler who believes in the magical place where the teachable moments meet hands-on discovery. Katie has been simplifying her life. That seems to be a trend and two wonderful achievements have come from, from that which I will tell you about she will tell you about in just a moment. She started a new blog four months ago called My Sweet Homeschool, which is proving to be very popular. She won an award for it and maintains her travel blog, Corner of Park in France, and writes as katiesullivan.com. She writes, yeah, as Katie Sullivan at katiesullivan.com. Her special needs twin boys have hit puberty and she still homeschools all her children. That's five. She's married to her very own romantic Mr. Darcy who grew up in England and they live in the gorgeous Southwest. Bonjour, Katie. Welcome back to my show. Bonjour, Vivian. It's so <laughs> nice to be back. Thank you for having me. Oh, I, was getting, I can't believe I was getting... it's been two years. But it has. It's almost been two years. I know. I went back and looked at my notes and uh, just to see what we talked about that time ago. And a lot has changed. So why don't you tell me some of what's changed? Because um, I wouldn't know where to begin. So you know where it began. So why don't you just go ahead and, and jump right in? Sure. Well, when I was on your show last, um, I was writing from um, the Brighton Park blog, which we, we did equal amounts of homeschooling, homemaking, and homesteading in that, on that space. And with, from there to now, we decided to simplify. We do live on an acre property, but we decided that with the kids getting older and more activities and, you know, there's only so many hours in a day. So we um, have given up the homesteading and we did rehome all of our animals and just trying to make life simpler so that there's more time available for the things that needed to take priority. Mm-hmm. So, of course, when you're not um, living those things, it's a challenge to write about those things, correct? So Yes, absolutely. We separated, <laughs> yeah, so we separated, um, I separated the homeschool and speech-language pathology information into its own separate space on the web, and I'm, I'm so happy I did that because it um, enabled me to be more focused and um, 
be able to provide a better service, I think, to my homeschooling community. It has proven to be a good move. Our Facebook page in four months has reached 2,000 friends, mm. and um, that was a really lovely milestone to reach. And so, and also, if you're not a homeschooler, then you're not interested in curriculums or speech-language pathology information. So um, we kept that the the travel and the decorating and the other and the entertaining the things we like to write about that was more fun and we put that at katieleesullivan.com mm. and um, just you know very much enjoying having these two communities who um, have both been very welcoming and so far it's proven to be a wonderful move. Well, you know, funnily enough, I did exactly the same thing starting last year, but I knew nothing about building a new website or turn or, or changing everything over so it was a very frustrating process for me and seemed to take such a long time but I did actually separate my homeschool radio show um, site from my personal blog and it is so much easier I just kind of go oh that looks so nice over there it's completely different and that one over here is completely different different people you know so I understand exactly where you're coming from who did you who does your site do you know how to do it yourself I I work off a blogger site. I my dot coms I have, I have through GoDaddy, and mm-hmm. I do most of it myself. Mm-hmm. I occasionally need a little help from coding, and I have a, a lovely blog designer who helps me with that when there's something I don't know how to do. But for yeah. the most part, I try to do as much of it myself as I can because, of course, that's more cost efficient. And I wanted a very simple, clean design this time around to kind of go with this new, just very simplifying process my family was trying to do so it's both sites um coordinate they're very uncluttered there's not a lot of you know not a lot going on in the headers it's just you know you can come you can find the information you need um information is the star on the homeschool blog um the photos are the star on the lifestyle blog so Mm -hmm. that's um that's been nice and it is difficult to start a new space because you you have to worry about our followers going to you know follow you over um if you're blogging for an income, you have to worry about numbers. Um, for me, it was just about being able to write somewhere where I felt inspired mm-hmm. and letting the tips fall where they may with that move. And I thought, you know, if six people follow me over, then six people are going to get my best writing because mm-hmm. I just knew that in my heart where I wanted to write was um, in the name of the, the lifestyle blog is French Kimberly. And, and that's what, that's what I was drawn to. And I wanted the homeschool stuff to stay separate so that it would be easier. And I'm, still building, but it's, it's proven to be um, a good move just as far as I'm, I'm happy writing again. I'm happy mm-hmm. blogging again. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so um, how do you spend a lot of time doing that during the day, or do you have to restrict yourself because you've got, you know, sort of five distractions who are, you know, part of your life as well? So how do you, how do you manage that? Absolutely. Um, no, I, um, I happened across a blog of about a year ago, and I, I wish I could remember the name. I don't. And they had on there what was called a social media manifesto. And basically, it was challenging writers to write what their manifesto was and, and share it as far as, you know, what their priorities were and, and how they were going to be budgeting their social media time. And and between that and, and reading um, a lot on uh, hands free revolution site, I, I realized I really wanted to budget my social media time mm-hmm. so that 
it was effective and not interfering with my home or my family duties. Mm-hmm. So I am an early riser, so I do most of my writing in the morning, and then I schedule things to happen through the day when I'm doing other things. Mm-hmm. I try to do it sometimes at night, but if I do it at night, I fall asleep. Yeah, yeah. So I get up and, you know, while I'm having my coffee or tea in the morning before my children get up, that's my big bulk of social media time. And how long is that, do you think? Um, probably an hour, an hour and a half each morning. Okay. I have a couple of evenings where I am at my daughter's ballet school mm-hmm. waiting for her to get out of class. Mm-hmm. So on the evenings I'm there, I use that probably equal parts to, you know, write my content and then also planning out the homeschool activities for the following week. So mm-hmm. 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 I know, um, I have I, I happened upon somebody, I don't know where I found her, but she's going to be a guest on my show. She's called the 10-Minute Writer, and she <laughs> literally, that's what she does, is any time, any little snippet of time during the day um, that she finds, she, she writes. And she has written two books and is in the middle of a third one doing it like that. So I suppose you've just got to have that mindset of, okay – Get myself focused. I guess some people can do that. I have I have to go hours. I don't have to. But once I've sat down and start writing, the hours just disappear. Yeah, and for me, you know, I have other pursuits that I want to do. I, mm-hmm. I love to sew. I love to read. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love to play instruments. So my main thing is I don't always want to go sit at a computer. Mm-hmm. And then also... You know, life is life is happening outside of our screens. So mm-hmm. I try very hard to to show that example um, to the kids. And usually, you know, usually by the beginning of the the week, my posts for the following week or two weeks are scheduled. Yeah. So I have that hour every morning to use. But I can go, you know, three or four days without really having to check and write anything on my blog if I have been. Um, yeah you know, planning appropriately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just it's time management and you're right, you know, we can schedule. A lot of people say, oh, you know, I have to be there every day because I have to post a blog every day. And I think, well, I know I schedule mine. I do most of mine at the weekend, just one, you know, several hours at the weekend. And once I'm on a roll, I'm fine. All right. And for so, me, my main writing space is not the homeschool blog. My main writing space is the travel and lifestyle blog. So that's mm-hmm. fun. That's me being able to, you know, edit and, and curate our travel photos, our family memories. So, so that's nice. But everybody has different blogging goals. I don't, I don't have a goal for a book in the future. I, you know, for me, I'm like, you know, it's a blog. It's not the Magna Carta. You know, life's going to go on if I don't check into it for a few days. But, you know, some people have, you know, different goals, and that's okay, too. Right. Now, the last time we spoke, you'd just come back from France, and you had taken a young daughter with you. Was she five? Mm -hmm. She was five at the time, and she's actually been back again since with me. Mm -hmm. We did a trip this past fall. Uh, My husband and I actually went together this time and took our two oldest daughters to ages nine and seven now. And we did England, France, and Belgium. So okay. they had a lovely um, experience getting to see a few more countries. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were able to make it quite educational between, you know, visits to the Louvre. And, you know, it was lovely. Well, good, good. Um, also, you said that you've simplified your life a little bit. And we're going to be going on a break in about a minute. So we can't get into that too deeply. But you did other things. I mean, you didn't just take things out of your life. I mean... I don't think anything crept back in, but perhaps you did it for a reason. Did you, did you, did you know what you were going to do with your empty space? 
Um, I did. I knew that I wanted to, um, you know, make more space to have, you know, time for experiences for myself and the kids. Mm-hmm. I want my life to be as, you know, as wide as it is deep. We only get mm-hmm. one. Um, so I met a couple of goals last year. I completed my uh, yoga teacher training 200-hour certification, which was quite a, a time-consuming activity for the six months I was in that. Mm-hmm. And then I also um, received my scuba diving certification last year. So those were the things for me that were on my bucket list that I, I wanted to, you know, put in there. And I'm happy to say that I did get those achieved both in um in 2015. Good. Well, we're going on a short break. We'll be back in just a moment and we'll talk about that. Um, your, your changes. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Hey, kids, do you think you're creative? Do you want to be? Don't have enough time for your arts, crafts, and hobbies? Or do you just need a kick in the pants? Hi, I'm Mark Lipinski, the host of Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski, right here on TogiNet Radio. Come on and join me every Wednesday afternoon for some creative inspiration and two of the fastest, fun-filled hours of your week. Hey, need ideas? How about a little motivation and a lot of inspiration? Join the fun on Creative Mojo with me, Mark Lipinski. I'm here live every Wednesday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern, 1 Pacific, right here on toginet.com. Now what are you waiting for? Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. Okay. Uh, Here I am. A little bit of a clear throat there. Sorry. Um, You said that you had spent 200 hours doing getting yoga certified and then you did scuba diving and there are other things obviously that I want to talk to you about but I could spend the whole rest of the show talking to you just about yoga but I'm not going to because I'm sure you write about it so you can tell us a little bit and then we'll direct people where they can go to learn more does that sound all right that sounds wonderful. Yeah, because I want to yeah. cover some of some of the things because you have your twin boys who are now teens and mm-hmm. I, I just want to touch. Yeah, I, I just want to touch on on that too. So this might be a very because there's so much to talk about. I want to cover a lot of things, but maybe you could come back and we can cover something in more detail. So where okay. well, do you, yoga? Oh, go ahead. Okay, I was going to say where do you scuba dive in Arizona? I was just going to be clever. <laughs> So well, okay, scuba I, well, diving. We, so. we can do you can do lake diving in uh, okay. Arizona. I'm not a fan of it. it mm-hmm. It's not the best water. I went to um, Hawaii to do my. I did my my pool certification dives, which you have to do as part of your book work and your your pre dive training. I did that here at actually one of the local sports chalets where they mm-hmm. you train with a master diver. But for my certification open water dives, I actually had the opportunity to go to Maui and do them off uh, Wailea Beach, which was just absolutely amazing. It was, I almost felt guilty. My classmates were doing their open water dives in a, in a lake at 
in northern Arizona, and I was doing mine swimming with sea turtles and seeing just the most beautiful, amazing things underwater, and, and that's where I received mine. So, so uh, how, since I got to... mine, my husband got certified too, so now we're okay. anxious to go diving together. Oh, okay, so what do you need to do to keep up the certification? Well, interestingly enough, with scuba diving, for better or for worse, once you have that open water certification, you are certified for life. There's really nothing you have to do. Okay. Uh, a good, smart, and safe diver is going to keep up their skills by diving regularly, by taking classes, um, by by keeping their skills sharp. Mm-hmm. I know some people, if they haven't went diving for a while and they're getting ready to do a dive trip, they can go back to a, a sports chalet or one of those sports centers um, and take a refresher course. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that it's important to keep those skills up because obviously, you know, when you're diving, you're underwater, that's, uh, you, you need to be aware of what's going on. You need to understand how all your equipment works because it's, it's your life in your hands. So mm-hmm. it behooves you to stay current on your knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And the yoga, all right? I can understand that more because I also like to do yoga. Let's talk about yoga. You go, you, you teach classes. Do you teach them there in Arizona? Yes, and it's interesting mm-hmm. because, you know, we simplify and we put these things in and then we get kind of gung-ho about it and, like you said, things start creeping back in. Mm-hmm. When I finished my yoga teaching certification, um, I started off just teaching two classes a week and then before I knew it, I was teaching seven, uh-huh. seven one-hour classes a week. Um, mm-hmm. That was a lot. And so since then I have cut back. I've actually only been teaching one class a week now, which is, is really kind of perfect for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that also still allows me to take classes still as a student. Mm-hmm. Um, I was drawn to yoga because it is a beautiful practice that builds long, lean muscles that also allows busy people to have that mental respite, which I felt I needed as a special needs parent. Mm-hmm. I'm a Catholic, so... I view yoga, it's an ideology, it's not a theology. So Mm -hmm. if I'm in a class with someone who's really into an Eastern-based religion, I I can respect what they're saying, and I I take what serves me, and I just let go what does not. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, my faith doesn't change when I'm on my yoga mat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the poses, because I've had people say to me, oh, well, I would just skip the meditation or I would skip, you know, not not do it because I do classes online. And there's a whole range of classes at this particular place that I go. And some of the teachers are real teachy about, you know, sort of the the um, the theological side of it, I suppose. But others are just straightforward and teach the class. And I have my Christ icon on my desk. And whenever I do a twist or something, I'm looking at something like a crucifix or something like that in my office. I pray on my mat. But I'm also very aware that these poses are glorifying poses to God. And I think to myself, you know what? Normally, I would not prostrate myself before my Lord or open my arms wide to worship God. Why not? Mm -hmm. Why not? And I, I, so I find that quite compelling when I think about that. I think, well, God deserves that kind of demonstrative show of love and worship. Absolutely. And, and, you know, God's love is extravagant. It's not Mm -hmm. just, um, halfway and it's not just enough. It's extravagant, you know, and he wants what's best for us. And, and I, I feel like we forget, as Christians, no matter what denomination we are, that, you know, God's not in the judging business. He's not in the punishing business. Uh, we humans take care of that enough all by ourselves. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. You know, there's always going to be someone who's going to find uh, a problem with that, find fault with that, whether it's yoga or something else. And, and that's okay because we're all entitled to our own opinions. Um, but that doesn't get, you know, per se, another Christian who doesn't agree with yoga or something. It, mm-hmm. it, it really doesn't give them the, the right to judge the other one. So mm-hmm. I think for for those who can have an open mind and say, you know what, God's not in the judging business. God's in the loving business, and that's a pretty good business to be in. Mm-hmm. So if, you know, and honestly, I reach a lot more people for Jesus Christ at a yoga studio than I'm going to reach really at my Catholic parish, mm-hmm. because I'm branching out and going into other other yeah. communities that maybe right. I'm the example that they see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love it. I do it. Every day. I don't teach it though. I don't know. Can you do all those? Can you can you do a headstand and handstand in the middle of the floor? <laughs> I can do a headstand in the middle of the floor and actually it's it's funny because when I went to Maui I got challenged to do a headstand on my paddleboard and at that time I had never been able to do one in the middle of the yoga studio floor without overextending and ending up flipping over. Uh-huh. And here I was in the middle of the Pacific Ocean on this paddleboard and my whole class was there like, Well, you're the yoga teacher, show us and I just thought, well, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And I did it. And then I came down, and they said, oh, we missed the picture. You're going to have to do it again. And I thought, <laughs> oh, are they kidding me? So I thought, okay, well, maybe I can do it again. And, and so I had this beautiful picture of me doing a headstand on a paddleboard. Mm. Um, still working on my handstand. If I I do it, still do it next to the wall, because I do tend to, you know, just go over a little too strong. And I need something to catch me on those times I do. But I've been working on that pretty regularly it's a goal and it's a good goal and and what about those those what about those arm balances and stuff can you do those i can do um some people call it crow some people call it crane depending on on where you live i can do that one um the others i'm still working on and i'm still a beginner yeah so certification no certification the, the best part about it is the strength you get just by doing, just just by whatever you're doing. You don't need the weights to be able to get that upper body strength and lower everything. It ju- just works out everybody. So I'm a great, I'm a great fan of yoga. And, and I um, always love it when men come to the class or when my husband yes. will come to a class with me because it doesn't seem like it should be that hard. And then mm-hmm. they see just how much upper body strength some of these poses take mm-hmm. or how much, you know, how challenging they are and then they get a whole brand new uh, uh, respect for what we do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's right. Right. So you also um, have two special needs boys who... I do. Yes. And you talked a little bit about bringing them home is a good, you know, it's 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 something that parents can do they can choose to homeschool their um, special needs children but it doesn't get them off the hook for providing outside help and therapy and um, if they need it and I was going to ask you how how does a parent know that they the time has come for outside help what, what are you finding well if you're talking in regards to a child with special needs if they have a diagnosis for example like you know, like my boys do my boys. Um, I have one boy who has a, a head injury from birth trauma. The, my other son went without oxygen um, being born. You know, there is a lifetime um, issues happening there. So obviously therapy is merited. If you have a child who has a diagnosis of autism or 
um, cerebral palsy or one of these things, and absolutely you can homeschool that child and, and don't let anyone tell you you can't. Um, you might have to spend a little more time tailoring a curriculum because you're not going to be able to just, you know, buy a package curriculum that's going to meet your child's needs. Mm-hmm. But where where the, the fall through the cracks happens that I see is with those outside services. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, if those children were in public school, those services would be provided by their IEP. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe it wouldn't be a lot, but they would at least be getting, you know, some speech or some OT or PT, whatever, they, or some resource. Mm-hmm. If we're homeschooling, we need to fill that gap. So if we know our child needs speech therapy because they can't speak or they don't have functional communication or they're only using sign or they have a they need a, a speech device, then we really need to, you know, step up to that obligation of trying to make that happen for them. Now, one of the things that I talk about on my My Sweet Homeschool page is you know, there are ways to make at least speech therapy, which is my forte, more affordable, you know, because it is an expensive service. You know, mm-hmm. so find a speech therapist who would maybe be comfortable doing half-hour sessions instead of hour sessions. Or if you have to drive a long way, you know, obviously it's not convenient to pack up a bunch of kids to go to a clinic every single week for just 30-minute session. Maybe they could do an hour session every other week mm-hmm. so that you're getting that same amount of time, but it's making it a little more convenient. A good therapist is going to really just want whatever's best for that child. If therapy is not affordable and we just need some help getting going, then a good therapist is going to work with a parent to maybe help them, you know, just come for a short time period to get a really good home program put in place that that parent can follow through with. I'll be honest, my best families that I serve as a speech therapist are my homeschool families. Mm -hmm. They are the best as far as being involved with their children. They're the best as far as doing the the practice every day to improve. And when I have a child that graduates off my caseload, almost 95% of the time they're a homeschool family because they've worked hard to achieve that goal. Mm. So how much time do you spend every week doing that? I work two afternoons a week right now at a pediatric speech clinic that's about 15 minutes from my house. So I work Wednesday and Thursday afternoon, so about eight hours a week. Mm -hmm. I went back doing that um, last summer. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, is there any way you were taught, you were saying that sometimes parents have a long way to travel. Could you do anything like that over Skype? Can you use any of your internet skills? You can. Um, Different, there's some issues with as far as, you know, like I could perform a Skype service with someone who lived in Arizona because that's where my state license is. Oh, but, oh, it oh, would, okay. but I would not be able to perform a Skype service with someone, say, who lived in Indiana mm-hmm. unless I also held an Indiana license. Mm-hmm. I do hold license in, in Hawaii as well, um, but I don't Skype anybody there right now. No, so. no. All right. Well, Katie, we have to go on a short break. I'd like to see if you can come back just for a quick five minutes and wrap everything up. And we'll talk a little bit more about where people can find you to get some valuable information that they may need. And I know I know that you're open. You said last time that anybody can email you. You're open to any questions. Yeah, absolutely. And I do receive, you know, probably three to five questions a week via email, people asking um, for speech language advice. And I'm always happy to um, give them information. Okay.
How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Clarence Caldwell's True Life Academy helps intelligent, ambitious people achieve and accomplish amazing things for the purpose of living the life they've always dreamed of. We will show you how to tap into the gifts that we all have been given. True Life Academy gives you the best possible chance of living a life full of wealth, health, love, and personal power. As a certified coach, mediator, speaker, and trainer, Clarence has the skills needed to guide you to the most amazing life you can imagine for yourself, focusing on your relationships, finances, health, and career. So join the Academy and be awakened to your true life, the life you dream of, the life that fulfills your purpose, yes, the life you were intended to live. True Life Academy starts now. Join Clarence Caldwell and True Life Academy every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on the Tokinet Radio Network. This is Uncommon Sense for Leaders, a forum for exploring leadership from the intellect, the heart, and the spirit. Whether you're a leader now or aspire to be a leader in the future, you owe it to yourself to learn about the big ideas that have shaped the careers of compelling communicators, masters of influence, and highly effective leaders. Uncommon Sense for Leaders. Tune in to hear thought-provoking ideas on every aspect of leadership. You can expect dynamic discussions with special guests, quick tips you can apply immediately for better results, and the tools you need to take you from where you are to where you want to be as a leader. Are you ready to crack the code for achieving unprecedented results? Then join the host for Uncommon Sense for Leaders, Catherine Carlisi, every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on the All Business Radio Network. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNenny. Well, Katie, you said your boys are almost 14 now. So tell yes. me a little bit about them and, and um, how they are, because the last time we spoke, they were 11. Yes, well, you know, in... Two Christmases ago, my younger twin finally started talking. So as a speech therapist, that was quite a long wait I had. Mm -hmm. Um, They are both using their communication devices. Um, They're really thriving with homeschool. They are taking um, swimming lessons. Mm -hmm. Um, We've taught them how to snorkel in our pool. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like they're getting a a nice, well-rounded experience. Hitting puberty was a challenge. Them hitting puberty was a challenge for our family because, one, they're now bigger than me. I'm yeah. still mom, but I'm, mm-hmm. you know, looking up at them to, to mm-hmm. tell them, you know, what directions they need. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with that testosterone and, and with uh, cognitive impairment comes a lot of things happening to our bodies we don't understand. Mm-hmm. So, you know, trying to help them navigate their changes as they go from being, you know, young boys to being to being grown men. Mm-hmm. Um, our one trend became very aggressive with the onset of puberty, and so we had to really work behavior-wise, you know, getting some systems in check for him so that he could, you know, make better choices and, and you know, and manage these feelings and hormones that were obviously, you know, the cause of that, that root behavior. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now we're, 
you know, six, nine months on the other side of that and things just kind of, you know, settled down again. But mm-hmm. it is a challenge for any family when, when our kids start growing up. But mm-hmm. I think for parents of children with special needs, that throws out uh, really specific challenges that most families don't have to incur. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you write about that, My Sweet Homeschool? I do. Um, anything, my homeschool information and speech language information is at mysweethomeschool.com. Mm-hmm. I don't write a lot of narrative about, you know, just, you know, personal life. I feel like homeschool families are very busy. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have time to just go on to blogs and read journals of other people's days. So my posts over there, I try to keep them to being, you know, very encouraging or very informative. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. at the mysweethomeschool.com page. My French Pemberley blog is at katieleesullivan.com, and that's Lee, L-E-I-G-H. Mm-hmm. And there you'll find our travel escapades, entertaining recipes. We just wrote a post um, two weeks ago on how to start your own Jane Austen book club. Mm-hmm. Our most popular post on that blog right now is we just redid our kitchen mm-hmm. um, in December, so we posted the before and afters on there. Right. So mm-hmm. that's where you're going to find that home and garden and that, that fun, good stuff. So you have a French country kitchen. I actually don't. Um, we're trying to marry my love of France with my husband's love of England um, into the style of redoing this house top to bottom. So mm-hmm. that's where the name French Cumberly came from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you have three other children besides your boys. What are yes. they? Remind us of their ages. I-, I have three other girls. I have an almost 10-year-old girl who is my ballerina. I have mm-hmm. a seven-and-a-half-year-old little girl. And I have a three-year-old little girl. All right. Oh, well, so she was a baby when we last talked almost. Yes, <laughs> probably and now wasn't doing she's an just awful my lot. boss. <laughs> she's now your my, boss. Now, yeah. Yes. yeah. Did you she keep supervises. your dog? You had a dog? Did you keep your dog? Um, no, we had one dog and they, uh, one, we had a couple dogs. One of our dogs passed away from old age. Yeah. And the other one was just very lonely, and we knew we had no intention of getting another one. And we ended up being introduced to this family who had a dog the same breed and same age as him, and lives with that family. And it was uh, it was a it was a good decision for him. He's so happy. Mm-hmm. Um, the the kids, you know, I was worried that the kids would be very you know very sad about this, but. My older daughters, they were old enough to know that, you know, they were too busy to spend a lot of time with yeah. with that pet. And they wanted what was best for him, too. And they were very excited for for him to go live with this older lady and the other, you know, pet. So yeah. it worked yeah. out. Well, Katie, we've come to the end of our time. And it's very clear that your philosophy in life is you, you do what you love. And if something creeps in that is going to take you away from your family and the things that you love to do, you have shown that you just cut back and you write about that both on your personal blog and um, on your homeschooling site. And um, Katie, uh, we need to go. Katie and I, Kate, I've been talking to Katie Lee Sullivan. We've been talking about all kinds of things, done a little overview of her new life. You can go to both of her um, blogs and, and um Find out more. I have them linked at my 
Toginet Radio front page, and I also have them linked at my Sociable Homeschooler page. Katie's a writer, and she's been featured in both Hobby Farm Home Magazine and Lucky Mag, and she's been curating inspired online spaces, as we talked about, since 2009. And she's an award-winning blogger with her new blog, My Sweet Homeschool. So pop over and go go um, have a look and see what she's doing and what she says. She homeschools her five children, is married to her fabulous Mr. Darcy, who is up to his eyes in tax season at the moment, I believe. He is an accountant, isn't he? He is. I don't tell him very much. He leaves no. before 8 a.m. and he gets home around around 10. We, we text during the day more than anything. But yeah. I want to say thank you so much for having me on your show. If I do anything at either of my online spaces, it's I want to encourage especially women who are busy raising their children, homeschooling, that you know, our best years are ahead of us still. They aren't behind us. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that there is seems so- to be this, yeah, there's yeah. a thing in society that says, you know, always oh, kind of chosen to just, you know, settle to be home. No, we've, yeah. we have chosen something amazing and wonderful for our lives and our, our best achievements are ahead of us in that regard. Absolutely. And that is such an encouraging um, way to look at life. Um, thank you once again. You have a fantastic weekend, Katie. Bye. Thank you for having me. Well, Katie and I, we had a really good conversation, I thought, and we talked about yoga, and I'm happy we did because there are so many benefits that we don't even think about attributed to this discipline, both by medical doctors and ordinary people like you, me, and Katie. It can detox the body. It can relieve back pain, headaches, UTIs, it tones muscles, it's rejuvenating, and it is very calming. So I've been practicing yoga now for about three and a half years, and I really, you know, I, I've, I walk as well. So that's the, those are my two forms of exercise. And this week, I had a really, really good writing week. And there again, Katie, another, she's, she has another love that she shares with me, which is the writing. Our regular meeting with my writing and reading group happened last week when I was in town. And it was the first time we tried our new format. A couple of us are out of town a lot now that we're fortunately on the other side of demanding work and children. So we thought we'd meet fewer times during the year for longer and try to do the, both the reading and the writing critique in the one evening last Thursday proved to be a great success our host for the evening pulled out all the stops she set the bar really high I said but she enjoyed preparing a light supper for us all because we were starting an hour earlier at six o'clock instead of seven she'd set her table festively in celebration of Valentine's Day with red and white flowers M&Ms and tablecloths and we had appetizers of crackers and dips quiche with lettuce leaves and hot bread rolls and for dessert she did fruit chocolate mousse topped with cream and killer mini cupcakes. I mean, that wasn't just a light supper, I don't think. Did I say we also had sparkling water served in beautiful glasses? And there was wine too. Who am I kidding? None of us could refuse any of her delicious food. Anyway, we managed to discuss the book we read, Kate Atkinson's Life After Life. She's an English writer, and although her spelling and punctuation has been Americanized, they can't change her stream of consciousness all the commands she has of the English language when telling a compelling story. So much of what she writes, um, and um, I was told 
after I'd done my little bit because we did some writing and I always take writing um, along with me, I was told that, well, you know, if you're going to submit any of this to be published here in America, it has to be Americanized because your commas are all over the place. One of our group had just finished Americanizing a series of books from Canada and Britain. So she is an expert now and guess that I guess that's where I'll be going for punctuation tips. But on the other hand, I thought, well, I'll just submit to English publications where my commas won't be all over the place. Just remind us to breathe. And my cowboy said English as if I was considering sending it to another foreign language magazine. Anyway, then I thought, well, my prose flow is so American now that to an English market, I wouldn't be very English. So now I'm stuck. Not really an American writer and no longer an English one either darn. Then our gracious hostess asked each of us what our goals were for next time. I have no idea why she did because we never set goals for ourselves. We write when we write. End of story. Surprisingly, each person offered two chapters here, two chapters there. And because I'd said I was going to be finishing writing my books, it was a given as to what I was committed to. And you know what? Ever since then, I've been exhilarated to write I wonder why I haven't found the time before. All of a sudden, I seem to have all of these extra hours I can fill with tapping out stories. Her challenge really spurred me on. And this week, I wrote an average of three hours a day on my book about my parents' final years. In essay form, humorous, the way I've been practicing for seven years or so with my group. It's been so much fun, and I'm so grateful to them for the unbeknownst encouragement they left me with. Consequently, I left myself barely a few hours to prepare for my show. But that was fine. Everything worked out really well. And I've been reading a lot because, you know, they say successful authors have to read a lot. And I do love to read. So I'm reading Sue Monk Kidd's book, The Invention of Wings, at the moment, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, my cowboy and I want to go away for a couple of months to become immersed in writing because I asked him this week what he really enjoys doing, playing music, making things, cooking or what. And he came back to me the next day and said, writing. So join the club, I said. And with that, I'm off. My teacher daughter is calling me to do her taxes during her lunch break today. And I've got some promotions to do and research for my next guest to get out of the way so I can get back to writing my book. Things are slowly changing here. So I think God is going to be making good on his promise really soon now. What promise? Well, that he's preparing me for something. I can't wait to see what. As my guest said, the best is yet to come. Thank you for listening to me, the Sociable Homeschooler for this hour. I'm your host, Vivian McNenny, and I'll be back at the same time, same place next Friday with part two of Renee Tugar's conversation about her preparation for her family's through hike of the Appalachian Trail. Without further ado, I'll say thanks to my hand handsome husband who believes in love at first sight, our four children who are the result of that belief, the hardworking staff at Toginet Radio, my producer Sabrina, my guest Katie Sullivan and you, my faithful listeners. Stay tuned all the time and catch lots of great shows to help you through your day. Take care and be safe. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord show you his kindness and have mercy on you. May the Lord watch over you and give you peace. Doop, 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 Thank you for joining us for The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney 